This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And also brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we hear about the upcoming Saskatchewan Stock Growers Annual Meeting. President Kelsey Alford says issues at the upcoming meeting include ongoing concern about drought in the western part of the Grain Belt. We hear about the rising cost of food and food shortages. A possible vaccine for African swine fever is in the works. A newly formed rural group holds an agriculture conference next month on regenerative agriculture in McCord, southwest of Regina. The farm weather is in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Dry weather in parts of the Saskatchewan Grain Belt will be among the issues discussed at the upcoming Saskatchewan Stock Growers Annual Meeting in Assiniboia. President Kelsey Elford says the annual meeting runs Sunday, June 5th, that's this coming Sunday, through Tuesday, June the 7th. The environmental pressures that we're, we're getting from the federal government, the drought that we've all been dealing with, supply chain issues, those are a few of the highlights that we're going to be talking about while we're there at our 109th annual uh, general meeting. So we've got a lineup of speakers. Tim McMillan's going to be there speaking on some of the environmental pressures. Colin Woodall's going to dial in and give us an update from NCBA in the States. Uh, Red Schellenberg from Saskatchewan, our new CCA president, will be there to give an update. It's one of the key events of the year for producers to come and get informed and, and have their voice heard on current issues facing the industry. The Southwest is still facing some pretty dry weather. What are your thoughts on drought aid for 2022? Well, we're, we're still constantly in contact with the Ministry of Ag and, and keeping our finger on the pulse of that situation. Some areas of the province have got substantial moisture. Some are in good shape and, and some are, are in dire straits. And so there isn't a one-size-fits-all fits all solution to the to this situation, but you know that's some of the issues that we're going to be talking about at the AGM, and it's it's an ongoing concern. Will there be any specific requests for drought aid support programs? Oh, absolutely. You know there'll be certain asks and and enhancements to current programs, and we're just not sure what what that's going to look like yet. I assume there'll be a lot of resolutions on that and other issues. Yeah, we've got eight or ten resolutions already on the books and, and more to come at the convention. So we've been busy all year working with the drought situation and trying to get better asks for long-term drought solutions. And, and those are all a part of the, the resolutions going forward. The carbon capture and, uh, and recognition of, of what we do uh, in grass management is, is also going to be on the docket, and I hope that our voice is heard in that. How many producers do you hope to attend the annual meeting, stock growers meeting? 
You know, we hope to uh, have as as many as possible uh, come to Assiniboia. And one of the key things that's been recognized over the course of the last two years is is the state of the mental health in the industry and the morale. And and one of the solutions, and I'll I'll quote our president, Red Schellenberg, for CCA, saying, I don't need a shrink. I just need to get together with neighbors and friends and have a visit. So, you know, it's important for us to get together as producers, not just to do business, but just to share thoughts and ideas and have a few laughs and stay up too late. And so I hope that as many possible come and, and enjoy the time, get the information, but more importantly, spend time with their neighbors and friends and, you know, just get together with like-minded people. So in summary, you see, though, really drought aid is one of the key issues. You're a producer near Karenport, if I remember correctly. What's the conditions like where you are? Well, you know, um, we had just enough snow to to replenish the water holes, not not enough to really have a big run. We were fortunate to catch a couple of good rains here in May, and the grass has got to start. The hay looks promising. You know, that with the depletion of supplies of feed the last couple of years and the state of the pastures, you know, the if you add any extra carryover, there's a good chance that it's it's under pressure. And so we've got a good start, and we're thankful for that. We just need it to keep going. Kelsey Alford is the president of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association and farms west of Moose Jaw at Karenport. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. Many grocery products are on the rise at the store shelf. Some of that can be blamed on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Some of it might be the result of pent-up energy over the past two years. And people are buying more and supply chains can't keep up. For most Canadians, we simply grit our teeth and pay the higher price. Certainly not all Canadians can do that. But in some countries on the other side of the world, the cost of some basic everyday foods has gone up 60% in recent months. That's leading to concerns about a major food crisis. In recent weeks, the issue has started showing up on the radar of governments around the world, including Canada. Andy Harrington is the executive director of the Canadian Food Grains Bank. He welcomes recent international conferences that have been discussing food supply issues. I mean, we're glad that the conversation is happening, let's put it that way. Um, and so with so many things that are happening in the world at the moment, we're glad that this conversation is, is bubbling up the agenda because it is a critical situation. Our concern is that it just bestays conversation, that people um, nod in its direction but don't actually make commitments. And even if they do make commitments, that they carry through those commitments. Um, we're, we're aware of cuts that are being made uh, around the world at the moment, in overseas development aid, um, at a time when we need it more. We're also aware that it's being sucked into some crises well, and taken from others. It's, uh, our colleagues at the World Food Programme uh, talk about taking away from the hungry to give to the starving at the moment. They've, they're, they're having, they've, they've seen their costs rise $71 million uh, a month. We're seeing similar things. So we, we, in all these conversations that are happening, it's good the conversations are there, but we need to see action and we need to see it fast. If we don't head this off soon, if we don't take preventative measures, we are going to see catastrophic famine within months. So, and, and by then it will be too, too late to act. Hundreds of thousands of people are at risk, perhaps more. So this is an urgent situation and we need more than words, we need action. 
That's Andy Harrington, the executive director of the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Progress is being made to develop a vaccine for African swine fever. The disease has killed millions of pigs in China with additional breaks in Indonesia, Thailand and Eastern Europe. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has been testing a prototype vaccine in Vietnam in conjunction with the commercial company there. Dr. Paul Sundberg is the executive director of the Swine Health Information Center. I think we're taking steps to go toward a commercialized vaccine in the at least foreseeable future. I don't know what that timeline would be, but now it looks like we can start to see on the horizon um, the opportunity for vaccines at least, which at the beginning of this outbreak in 2018 in China, um, there was no such uh, optimistic look. So that's a positive thing. Dr. Sundberg says there's still a lot of work to be done, such as differentiating vaccine antibodies from wild-type antibodies. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. I'm Brittany Warner with realagriculture.com and welcome to another episode of Pulse School. For today's episode, we are talking about a brand new technology that is yet to hit Canada. Now it is being tested currently over in Australia and I'm talking about the brand new green on green technology. Now you might have heard of a green on brown technology and this is similar. However, they have upped the ante in several different regards. Uh, to get the inside track on this green on green technology, we caught up with a Tom Wolf. He is the owner of Agrometrics Research and Training based out of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. All right, Tom, so talk to me a little bit about green on green technology. First and foremost, what is it? Well, uh, green on green technology is just a way of uh, finding weeds amongst a crop. So it differentiates plants that are crop or desirable from those that are weeds that are not desirable and then selectively can trigger a nozzle to spray just the weeds. Right. And this isn't the first time we're seeing this type of technology. What was the uh, precursor to green on green technology? Yeah, we've had green on brown technology for probably 20 years or more, which is uh, a technology that doesn't use, you know, regular cameras. It uses sort of a light reflectance technology uh, detecting green color through NDVI or uh, maybe chlorophyll and can't differentiate between crops and weeds. It just says, okay, it's green, let's spray it. So that's more used for burn-off. Right, absolutely. Now, what is the advantage, besides the obvious, but what is the advantage of the green-on-green technology? It's a huge advantage. Uh, so imagine being able to spray, you know, weeds that occur in patches, just the patches, and having that, that capability. The big problem with uh, getting sort of precision into the spraying operation is that the maps we create are difficult to create because you have to walk a whole field to find out where the weeds are. And also, uh, the maps don't last very long because there's a seasonality and, an, and a, a different uh, emergence pattern every year. A uh, green on green uh, has solved that problem by generating the map instantaneously and just saying, okay, if this is a weed, let's spray it. It's right here and it's right now. You could probably use a map afterwards and find out, you know, whether you've got patches and things like that. But it it has been a, a real breakthrough to do that in crop. Not everyone does a pre-seed burn-off. <laughs> Not everyone sprays post-harvest, but almost everyone sprays in crop. And we broadcast spray plants 
or fields rather that uh, may have patchiness and all you know weeds are typically patchy absolutely and we were also talking before that um this can also save producers and farmers on the products that they're using because they're pinpointing where they're spraying it a lot better uh, than traditional spraying yeah i think that's the biggest and perhaps most obvious advantage is being able to save product and especially in times of product scarcity and higher costs that's important but i think what's even more important is sort of a longer term view and that is by having significant savings and those savings could be 50 percent or 70 percent that's what's been floating around in the, in the test space, um, we can perhaps afford to use more targeted modes of action and better tank mixing. So for example, if we're fighting a resistant weed or a weed that has potential to develop resistance, we will want to target that with at least two effective modes of action. And that means the tank mixes are getting more expensive. Mm-hmm. And that has been a big deterrent. So for example, if you can do a burn off, say for five or ten dollars per acre why would you use a burnoff for 30 just to protect yourself against the future possibility of resistance well with this kind of technology that kind of investment in a tank mix is practical it's affordable and it probably protects your land for some years to come from the development of that resistance absolutely um and then where does it best fit in broad acre farming well i think it's a it, it has a a natural uh uh, I guess benefit for not just the, the bottom line of farming and the planning for resistance, but also the image of farming. It has a natural fit because it's very clear to anyone who watches this that by spot spraying the weeds only, um, we are being better stewards. We're not broadcast, we're not drenching the landscape in pesticides. We're strategically and surgically applying pesticides only where they're needed. And I think that's a very good messaging for, for farming in general. Great. Thanks so much, Tom, for joining us today. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com today. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly cloudy today, wind north 40, gusting to 60, the high 19, the low 6. Tomorrow, clearing sky, wind north 50, gusting to 70, the high 16. Tomorrow, the low plus 2. Wednesday, sunny, the high 17, the low plus 1. Thursday, sunny, the high 21, the low 5 degrees. Friday, sunny, the high 22, the low 5. Saturday, sunny, the high 20, the low 7. Sunday, sunny, the high near 21. Normal high for this date is 21. The normal low is 7. The sun rose at 4.54 this morning. It sets at 8.58 tonight. And around the province. The hot spot is Swift Current at 17 degrees. The cold spot up north Collins Bay at 6 degrees. Esteban is 15. Saskatoon, 14. Swift Current, 17. Weyburn, 16. Yorkton, 15. In Regina, with some light rain, it's 14 degrees. That's 57 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north at 41, gusting to 60. Humidity is 75%. The barometer rising, 100.9. 
Cloudy in Moose Jaw, 15. Winds are from the north, northwest, 41, gusting to 54. Once again, Regina, light rain and 14, that's 57 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. A newly formed rural group in southwest Saskatchewan will hold a field tour and regenerative agriculture conference in late June. Calvin Gavilan is a spokesperson with Prairie South Holistic Management. He says field tours and the farm conference will be held June 24th to 26th in McCord. That's about 255 kilometers southwest of Regina. This is your... Some of the key highlights of our conference is just to show agriculture what is possible with regenerative ag. And the reason why we started our group about three years ago, just prior to COVID, we took all the holistic management course together and we basically have fed each other and lived off each other's ideas and it's worked in our operation. Um, The last four years in McCord, it has basically, we're the, the driest point in the world, I think, as far as agriculture. And this regenerative style farming practices and grazing practices have proven themselves time and time again that they have got us out of situations. So this spring, since COVID is all done, we put it out there, we got together and said, let's do something, let's show the world and the area and any farmers and ranchers that want to come see our operations, here you go. Last year, I had about 35 different farmers come through and tour our operation on our cropping practices, grazing styles, and all I heard was positive vibes. So by going forward and offering it in a conference, it gives everybody the ability to, to mingle, talk to industry reps, talk to fellow farmers, experience farming at the farming level. Because most of the trials in that are only like a, a few feet, a few square feet. It doesn't, it isn't the same dynamics as putting it in the field scale position. What is regenerative ag? Regenerative ag is basically trying to get back to principles of farming that are not fully reliant on synthetics, fertilizer, chemicals, and all that stuff. We're still using it. It is just trying to adapt your practices to more be in line with mother nature. So for example, in our cropping situations, instead of putting full out fertilizer and at high rates, we're intercropping. So we're putting legumes with our cereals. And last year is a prime example. We got our, we added all our soil tested before and after our our regenerative cropping practices. And our conventional farming, our derm went like 1.1 bushels an acre, peas were two, Lentils were 0.4 bushels an acre, and yet our regenerative fields, they were productive. They were still growing all season long. So when we did our soil testing in the fall, those fields that we put in $85 an acre of fertilizer, it's not showing that it's sitting there. The stuff that we did, regenerative farming practices, 
our soil is better, our microbiological activity levels are up. It is just amazing. Like I had the guys from NutriNote here, and they were scratching their heads. They said, I, it doesn't make sense to us. Like he said, your 15 seeded crop species blends. Why is there more moisture in our soil test under that field than it is versus a field that's been combine harvested and sitting idle and where we get three inches of rain and you'd expect the idle field to be the wetter field? It wasn't. Calvin Gabalin is a spokesperson with Prairie South Holistic Management, a newly formed group holding a field tour and ag conference June 24th to 26th in McCord. Coming up, he discusses holistic management of pastures. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. A newly formed rural group in southwest Saskatchewan will hold a field tour and regenerative agriculture conference in late June in McCord. Calvin Gavilan is a spokesperson with Prairie South Holistic Management. He says part of the conference will look at pasture improvement. What we do is um, rotational grazing, and or I guess we're, we're branching more off. We've always did rotational grazing on our operation in a larger scale, but we weren't grazing it in tight enough windows. So we were actually overgrazing at our, as we were rotational grazing. So now we're trying to graze two or three days on a, on a parcel of land and then move those cows onto the next one. So in our holistic management course that was put on by Ralph Corcoran, he taught us that overgrazing is keeping the animals in the same location for too much time. So if you do a planned approach on your grazing and use 12 different fields in that or paddocks in that same block of land that you were using and you're rotating those animals every two or three days, that plant is only being grazed for two or three and then it's rested. So it could be rested 40 days, could be 50 days, whatever you need to, to work your way around your paddock system. But in the meantime, that first species and your species are going to start coming back because the cows are always picking their favorite species and eating them down. So on a typical operation where you have a full quarter section pasture, the cows will overgraze certain spots, undergraze other stuff. And so you, and in the long term, those overgraze spots are always, are being beat down and the, and the plants are getting less and less root structure. So by going to the paddock system and you're only grazing three days and then moving them, that plant has the ability to build up root structure and the holistic management approach is and the regenerative ag approach is you graze the top, say, 50%, and at 50%, those roots are still got enough energy to kick back into turbo drive, put out more root exoids, and to pr- produce a plant instead of starving it out by the animals constantly grazing the same place the plant, like they might graze it on a Monday and the next Monday come back, but eventually they're just burning up the root energy reserves in a t- typical system. What's the cost for this course? The cost for our course is like $200 or 212 I think. You register through Eventbrite and search out McCord. Deadline for registration is June the 10th. And I guess what you're going to see, this is our first conference. So what we're doing is on Friday night is a meet and greet. And we have our speaker, Blue Set Campbell from Meadow Lake Region. Um, she, her father-in-law, Don Campbell, has been doing holistic management for 40 plus years and goes around and teaches courses and she's an educator too. 
And we'll have more on that in later broadcasts. The Prairie South Holistic Management Field Tours and Farm Conference will be held June 24th to 26th in McCord, about 250 kilometers southwest of Regina. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Freeze Tom and Lumber and Sask Pork, Perfect Pork. Our passion, our promise. Learn more at sasspork.com. Grain prices were reflecting downward movement in early trading. Viterra prices for canola fell $12.90 at $1,111.32. Number one, red spring wheat went down $3.01 at $5.51.72. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $5.87.90. Feed barley, $3.87.54. Flax, $10.9401. Lentils, $9.2250. Oats four fifty one fifty three, yellow peas six seventeen thirty three, feed wheat three seventy eight thirty. U.S. markets are closed today for the Memorial Day holiday. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now, the latest livestock quotes. Good afternoon, everyone. That's Lee bringing the market report direct from Heartland and Swiftcourt. We had 600 cattle on offer last week with mainly cows on offer. Here's a quotation. Good cows, D1 and 2 cows, $1 to $1.17. D3 cows, 85 to $1. Very thin old cows, 65 to 75 Good bulls were trading from $1.10 to $1.33.5. Medium and center bulls, 90 to $1.10. Open two-year-old heifers, 1,000 to 1,400 pounds, were trading from 140 to 152 and a half. Open three-year-olds were $1 to $1.30. That's note here. This Thursday, June the 2nd at 9.30, we're having our 32nd anniversary sale with 1,500 top yearlings on offer with lots of breeding heifers. Good day and good marketing. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, today's quotes. This is both branded Moose Jaw Plants, 235.23 per CKG. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandaco. Talk to your Mandaco dealer or visit mandaco.com to learn more about Mandaco land rollers and tillage equipment. The Saskatchewan Ministry of Health is advising the public to take precautions against West Nile virus. The virus was first detected 20 years ago and the risk has decreased in recent years. But Health Minister Paul Merriman wants the public to use best practices to protect against mosquito bites. While the number of Culex tarsalis mosquitoes, the type that carries West Nile virus, has declined in recent years, he says it's important to take precautions against mosquito bites. In 2021, there was only one human neuroinvasive disease case, and no one has died of West Nile virus in Saskatchewan since 2018. Provincial monitoring will continue in Saskatoon, Regina, and Estevan to approximate the threat of West Nile in the province this summer. Reducing exposure to mosquito bites includes insect repellent, loose-fitting long-sleeve tops and long pants, avoiding outdoors at dawn and dusk, proper door and window screens, and reducing standing water around the yard. Most people infected with West Nile have no or mild symptoms, while a few can develop fever, confusion, and severe headache. 
On the markets, the TSX is up 168 points to 20,917. The Dow has gained 575 points to 33,212. Oil has risen $1.79 at 116.86 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 43 one-hundredths of a cent at 79.03 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.